you guys so much for listening. This is the Bloody Podcast. I am Lori Ronkamp, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Maria Felix. Hey. And our resident guest, Cash Abdumalik. Hey. <laughs> hey. 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 I guess for uh, this one, it'd be like, what's up, dude? What's up? Hey, dude. Hey. What's up, bro? <laughs> yeah. What's up? What's up? Oh, is that is that still in Orange Jeez. County? Yes. Is that still? Oh, I never left Orange County. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You sure? <laughs> Not just Orange no. County, as in Yorba Linda at your place. <laughs> <laughs> the Yorba Linda Anaheim area. It's pretty, so pretty popular. So pretty, pretty popular around the Rogan Camp household. Yeah, still around the Rogan Camp Pen household. <laughs> Never Just left. primarily one person, one chubby white lady. <laughs> and her aunt. And her aunt, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and her aunt. He spends all day going, what's that? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, one kid today, one kid at school was like, no. oh, that's from a TikTok. And I was like, get out, get no, out. No, get out. <laughs> Haven't they ever classes. seen Scream? Yeah. No, it was a Budweiser commercial. No, it was like a bunch of things. It wasn't Scream, but it was because they did a the parody in Scary Movie. Right. Yeah. But it, the first part was a Budweiser commercial. Mm. First, the very first one. I can't verify that. So I can. <laughs> I remember it. It was dumb. The reason why we're talking about Orange County is not just because I live here. It's also because this is where the location of our murder is. I also think and it's because you live here. You live there. That you. It's not the just. Place. It's not just because. It's not. It's not. It's not the only reason you picked this case. No. Was is it, it was one? a major contributing factor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Another reason was my aunt and I watched this uh, episode of twenty uh, twenty this week on her on this lady okay and i was like oh i'm gonna do this story (laughs) (laughs) those are the two big ones uh so this is based in newport beach california which i feel like in date so there's two there's a dateline episode that you can find on youtube and then there is a 2020 episode that just came out i want to say like in late september that um is uh, you have on demand, I guess, but they both kind of portray Newport Beach to be a more like rich area, which I think there are sections of Newport Beach that are beach that are rich, but I've always felt that it's more like trailer trash kind of area. Well, I but mean, I don't know. I mean, there's, I don't know. I guess it depends on what part. Like Newport Beach. Is kind of like L.A. in the sense that one block to another will change dramatically. Yeah. I mean, it's safe to say any place that's like near the beach is going to be like expensive, obviously, because it's near the beach. But then when you get inland, it's all just like, you know, I mean, it's with guns. Costa Mesa, which is right, right next to Newport Beach. It's like the same thing. It's just like the part not on the shore, basically. Yeah. Is... Where I grew up, like, half my childhood. So I think it's dope there. So I hope you're not calling the people close to Mesa trailer trash. Because I will tell you, we are not 
<laughs> Not necessarily trailer trash, just like, I don't know. Every single time I've been to Newport Beach, people who are from Newport Beach are just like always usually very drunk and just screaming at me. I am from Newport Beach. <laughs> so that's all I know about Newport Beach. I just grade, uh, I just grade Orange County on uh, based on whether or not I'm welcome there. All the different sections, it's like, I'm not welcome here. I'm really not welcome here. I'm extremely really not welcome here. And that's those are the three. <laughs> those oh, are three wow. categories what for a, Orange County. Have you what about new have you tried Newport Beach? What's Newport Beach's rating? I'm not welcome there. Oh boy. Okay. Uh my girlfriend and I went to Newport Beach uh this weekend to test mattresses. Oh. Yeah. Uh we're just going to people's houses and just saying, Can we can we lay in your beds? Um <laughs> no, we went to a mall because they had like the mattresses that we wanted and so i was like holding my girlfriend's hand and like definitely there were a couple of people who were like who like did that thing where we're two big girls but they did the thing where they like mo- like scrunch up to the side of the wall and like move to the side it's like we're not gonna bite you like we're just <laughs> walking by you anyways newport beach is very very beautiful uh yeah area so and there are some great play- areas of it. So I hope people watching this aren't like, they're hating on Newport Beach. I just have never met anybody that I've liked from Newport Beach. But I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that there aren't nice people from Newport Beach. I'm hating on Newport Beach. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like Newport Beach. So you got a whole bunch of arrays here. We got, a, we got it's a cornucopia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's uh, great. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> So it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good, uh, overall, I guess you could say it was a good, a mixed bag for Bill McLaughlin because Bill McLaughlin grew up on the South side of Chicago in a poor family and always wanted to be, ba- oh, the it, information based off this is off, uh, articles that I read and then also the 2020 and the Dateline episode. So if you want to check those out, um, but uh, he always claimed that he wanted to be a multimillionaire in his 20s. And he did do that. He went to college. Well, first he went to the military, as you know, poor people do. And then he went to uh, college, which he was the first person in his family to go to college. And he got, went into biotech. And him and his partner developed a machine that separates plasma from the blood. And they sold that machine and they made like millions and millions of dollars. Good job, Bill. Basically, yeah, set up their entire lives. And Bill was more the marketing guy and his partner was more the the intelligence part of it. He was more the, um, the science person. And so eventually there became an argument as to who should, who should get the most money, you know, should it be Bill or should it be his partner? Bill bought and, his ass. Bill, Bill made it pop. Yeah. Bill was the one who said, put the buttons on this side. Nice. Yeah. And, a, and a racing stripe here. Yeah, but that, but without the other guy, then there wouldn't be a thing. But Zaz. Well, it's like Jobs and Wozniak. I mean, Jobs was the one who was like, I don't want there to be unsightly cords. <laughs> and Wozniak was like, all right, well, that's going to take like three years of, of you know, research and development he's like yeah but no cords <laughs> so don't get me wrong i'm siding with the other guy 
<laughs> what was the invention again? It was a machine that separates plasma from the blood. Oh, it's a pretty important one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I feel like that one doesn't need that much marketing then. Like, sure, you have to, like, cut deals. But then when you explain what it does and everybody's like, oh, OK, I feel like we need that. We need that one. He's like, yeah, Plus, it's got this cool racing striker. here. You can put it in any color you want. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. Ooh. Orange? No, we don't have orange, but oh. every other color. Oh. Blue? <sighs> yeah, we need another week or two. <laughs> okay. Well, it sounds great. Good, good. Jobs would ahead. I'll put you down for twelve. 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 That's a weird number. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I, I don't know how you got 12, but I'll take it. We'll just look around. It's not 12 rooms. We're, we're a hospital, so we need a lot of them. Oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, how really, you didn't, you didn't have to sell it. You, did, you didn't have to say anything. We were buying these machines. We need this machine. I'm the marketing guy. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yeah. Good job, buddy. Hey. <laughs> and that's how you made millions of dollars. That's how he made, yeah. So up until his death, I mean, basically, till his death, his, him and his business partner were in a very contentious lawsuit. And there's even some reports, it's not always reported this way, but there's even some reports that he, I think they do it to make it seem more dramatic, but that he died looking over the, the documents of his lawsuit. <laughs> so, oh, come on. Which I think is kind of ridiculous, but who knows if that's true or not. But if he did, then at least. He had like that's pretty that's some pretty badass will where he's like I'd rather die than deal with this another fucking day, and then he did. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's Good true. Him. Sheer so, willpower. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, married a woman who I couldn't find her name. I am sure it's out there, but I just couldn't find it. They they seem like the woman didn't really want to be involved in the investigation so he was married to her for over 20 years they had three kids Melissa Maple you found it oh great Mm -hmm. okay that's it I love the alliteration Mm -hmm. um she's Canadian she's she's kidding she's not that's just a bad joke she's She's, okay don't don't say that in front of her she's like like (laughs) she's Ukrainian you know there's different different humor Oh, she's Ukrainian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, didn't we do an episode a while ago where, like, all of Ukraine is just a bunch of actors? <laughs> like, <laughs> pretending to be people that they aren't? That sounds like us. The orphan lady? Yeah. yeah. Where they went to, like, Ukraine or someplace, and then it was just, like, all... It was, like, a town filled with actors. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. Okay. So he had three kids, Jenny, Kim, and Kevin... And the they had a pretty, you know, from the kids' point of view, they had a pretty uh, pleasant childhood. The, the parents seemed to love each other. But then once the kids left the house and left for college, they kind of had an empty nester syndrome and they drew, they grew apart. And then the <laughs> wife ended up filing for divorce and they got divorced. Melissa! <laughs> Melissa, why? 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 My name is Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa. Melissa, please. I got you that necklace. With your name. Let me switch. I just don't remember what it is. <laughs> Melissa. So, 
shortly after the divorce, this is really sad. Shortly after the divorce, his son, Kevin is riding his skateboard. Now the explanation of this is a little confusing. So I'm going to try and explain it the best way I can. He's riding his skateboard on. So you know how like sometimes freeway on ramps have like a, uh, crosswalk for people to walk through. So he's riding his skateboard through the crosswalk of this freeway on ramp and somebody, but it's the exit. It's not the entrance. Okay. And somebody's leaving the freeway and they're intoxicated and oh, they no. don't see Kevin and they hit him. And so he gets a really bad head injury and he's actually in a coma for like four months. Ah, uh, poor guy. That's really sad. Why'd you say that was funny? You said, I said it was funny? sad. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I I never would. Say, <laughs> did I say it was funny? Oh, jeez. Oh, I hope yeah. I didn't say that. If I said that, I I honestly didn't mean that. Um. <laughs> you, ah, uh, cash. <laughs> cash, gas, lights, Lori. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then Kevin ended up moving back in with his father his because papa. his father sort of met bill took care of the his care and unfortunately kevin because of the accident and the struggles he had with his new disability he started drinking a lot and he eventually ended up in aa and he would go to meetings on thursday nights on december oh uh and then bill uh met a young woman about 25 years old who had two young kids and they started dating. And shortly after that, he moved them into his house and then they got engaged and everything kind of seemed like it was turning around. And on December 15th, 1994, Bill had just gotten back from a trip to Vegas. He liked to fly. He was like a, a amateur pilot and he liked to fly. He had his own plane. So he just flew from Vegas so he comes home, his girlfriend had written a note on the kitchen that said, I'm going to my son's soccer game, I'll be home late. He had dinner with his son Kevin, and then his son Kevin, instead of going to his regular AA meeting, went upstairs to listen to music. So Bill McLaughlin is in his kitchen, in his robe, possibly looking over <coughs> law documents, and an intruder enters his house and shoots him six times. Oh, no. Now, his son, Kevin, who again has a, a brain injury and has trouble speaking, hears the gunshots, runs downstairs, and finds his dad in a pool of blood dying. Oof. And his son, Kevin, calls the police. But unfortunately, because of the brain injury and because he's so frantic, the the paramedics struggle to hear. And there's there uh, in the Dateline in the 2020, they do share clips of the phone call. And it is just heartbreaking because the this poor yeah. kid is trying so desperately to um, convey what's happening. And the paramedics just can't understand what's going on. Oh, yeah, super sad. Yeah. So Bill McLaughlin died at 55 years old. Aww. And authorities did not make arrests in the connection to his death until 15 years later. <sighs> so, Nanette Johnston, who was actually originally... Um, Melissa Maple. 
Well, here's Melissa Maple Pro. Nothing. It's nothing? No. Sounds so real. <laughs> so, so Nanette Johnson was actually originally Nanette Manekshaw. She was born in July 1965 in Chicago as well, which is pretty crazy. Um, Chicago love. And, yeah. And she marries a man named Kevin Johnston at 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And they met at a gym. And this is going to be kind of an ongoing theme with her where she meets certain men at gyms and stuff. Perfect place to meet a man. Perfect place to meet an ideal man. Yeah. Is that where you met Cash? Absolutely. A gym for emotions. Yeah. We were both standing (laughs) on a guy named Jim. (laughs) Okay. I remember that. That was outside the pack theater. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The only reason I remember that, I was like, Hey, get off my friend Jim. <laughs> nice guy. Uh, nice guy. Nice guy. <laughs> Has a wheel, it goes around in a wheelchair now. Peas in a bag. Um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> now. That's how I met him. Oh, okay. Yeah, before he was, he wasn't in the wheelchair, but he would just pee in bags casually. He, yeah. I, oh, I, I didn't mean to think that that was part of it. No, he always, he, he nothing wrong with him. He just likes to pee in bags. <laughs> I peed in a bag before. <laughs> <laughs> I have two, and it was a lot messier, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's going to be a hole in the bag, inevitably. Yeah. Well, I thought my genius idea was that I would put the bag on, it was a plastic bag, and I would put it on like underwear mm-hmm. and then pee in it. And then <laughs> it would be, and but then I realized that I'd have to get out of the. Yeah. And so I still had my socks on, and so I accidentally stepped in the bag. Uh huh. <laughs> so it was a whole. It was a whole thing. And then you fell over, and you were like, "Ah, oh, oh, no. the pee's all over me." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he no. got up. He went yeah. on your date. Yeah, and then that's where I met. That's when I met Star. Nice. Beautiful story. Yeah. Um. So she had two children. What I love is that in the in the first the her first marriage, the prosecutor goes like her first husband was named something like I don't know K Jazz, and I was like, when when'd you look that up? Her her first husband was a radio station. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know K one zero three point one, smooth jazz all the time. <laughs> but but. They, so they met at a gym. They divorced shortly after. They had two little girls or two little two kids, um, and she. So it's reported that she meets Bill McLaughlin because he responded to an ad that she posted in a magazine, and that ad was "Wealthy Men Only." Mm, perfect. <laughs> Twenty five, <laughs> five five, a hundred pounds. Yeah. Classy, well-educated, adventurous, fun, and knows how to take care of her man. Looking for an older man, 30-plus, who knows how to treat a woman. You take care of me, and I'll take care of you. I would have called in my 20s, and I would have been like, here's the thing. (laughs) I'm in my 20s. I am not wealthy. And I am not good. I'm a bad person. So what can we do? (laughs) <laughs> you want to meet up at the 7-Eleven? <laughs> the 7-Eleven? Buy me a slice of pizza? Oh, God. <laughs> I also need a ride. <laughs> and change. 
<laughs> to GameStop. <laughs> to GameStop. That's her. That's her. That's her side piece. Yeah. It's just a chain of like baby mamas and baby daddy, sugar mamas and and sugar daddies. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got side pieces. The side pieces have side pieces. It just gets shittier and shittier, though. Like, the quality of life just keeps going down and down. Newport Beach. <laughs> Coming uh, home. Newport Beach. The quality keeps going down and down. Yeah, it says that on the um, side. <laughs> uh, so, she claims now that she did an interview with 2020 and she claims now that it was the other way around that he had posted something about older man wants to date younger woman which i was like i feel like i don't think any man needs to post that i yeah. feel like that's just a given like <laughs> i don't think cash any posted it <laughs> i did cash posted that i did i had it on billboards <laughs> that's that guy bill outside of the pack theater that holds up boards right ah <laughs> yeah thanks for posting with billboards <laughs> I, I always hired him because he thanked me because i was like thanks for posting with billboards i'm like oh thank you he's very kind he was terrible at holding that board though yeah not good who billboards bill bill's. billboards okay bill's bo- bill's boards yeah i'd be like how you doing today he's like pretty bored and i'd be like stop ah, bill billboard stop it <laughs> give All me right. that back billboards that horse is dead <laughs> So she then so she meets Bill McLaughlin. Either way, I think it's I think it's the ad that she posts, but she claims it's the other way around. Either way, they meet and they immediately sort of like start becoming a couple. And he moves her and her two kids into his Newport home. One of his he has like two Newport houses and he moves her into one of them that he lives in. And one of the things is that Nanette is really business interested. Like she wants to start her own business. She wants to be, you know, business savvy. And he really likes that. He was saying, you know, he even told his daughters, he was like, you know, your mom wasn't really interested in the business that much. And Nanette, Nanette seems really interested. So I like the fact that she's, you know, asking me questions. And Nanette even began helping him with his finances and started like work doing the books for him. And they lived together happily for like four years. And even Nanette said that Bill had a great personality. He was super gregarious, friendly, well-spoken. So this is what she explains is their, like his relationship or her, her, their relationship together. Um, okay. It's going to sound kind of cliche, but he was sort of a father figure. He taught me about business, and we sat and wrote business plans together. He included me. I did all the finances, like, for everything. He also loved that I was such a good mother. I I love the fact that they wrote business plans together. Yeah, that's what you do. What does that mean? <laughs> well, you take turns with the pen on every sentence. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You can tell where her sentences are because all the eyes are hearts. Yeah. Dot and dot. It's like my little signature on, like, basically, it's my brand. <laughs> my brand. 
It's what's her name? Uh, Nanette. Nanette. It's Nanette. <laughs> two two T's, and an H. In three N's. And four hearts. Six E's. <laughs> and a Q. <laughs> so this this infuriates me. So his daughter one time, this is what she claims. Okay, she claims that his his daughter Kim claims that uh she went to her father. First off, her Nanette and Kim were the exact same age. And second, she goes, Dad, I don't like the fact that you know, your girlfriend and I are the same age. And second, I think that she's only with you because of your money. And he said, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> they seem to both <clears throat> they seem to both be on the same page about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, the, I mean, it's like, if that, ha- if I, my dad, ha- that happened to my dad, I'd be like, then stop freaking dating her. Like, there's no follow through. Nobody in the interview goes, and what did you say after that? Everybody just takes that as an answer. It's like, you know, it's like those women who go like, you know, my best friend told me that if anything happens to me, it's definitely her husband. And I just went, okay. <laughs> what? What, man? I mean, with what? this, with this, I get it. Cause it's like, Hey dad, I don't like this girl. Same fucking age as me. And he's like, yeah, I understand. And she's like, okay, well, I guess I just like you less. That's it. <laughs> you know, she's yeah. like, I don't like him as much as I did before. Or I respect him a lot less. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nanette is like sitting right there and she's like, I don't get why you're being such a bitch. <laughs> I think it's I'm because right she's here. ugly. <laughs> Who can hear you? Jealous. She's like massaging his inner thigh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super awkward. <laughs> he has swollen glands. <laughs> I'm fixing his chakra. Ugh. Uh. <laughs> so eventually they were engaged and then on the night of the murder she leaves a note for him saying I'm going to be late I'm going to my son's soccer game and she even tells police that she's going to she went to her son's soccer game and that her and her ex-husband this the son's father were there and that she came home late and you know it was hers because there was little like soccer stickers on the letter. She has a drawer full. <laughs> I do feel like a Newport mom would do that. Yeah. Uh. I do feel like a Newport <laughs> mom would always put something, a sticker on the eyes. Yeah. To, to represent the, the dot. They're the real life emojis. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the interview... She says, we left the soccer game. And the police go, well, who's we? Because, you know, you're saying you went with your, your ex-husband went, met you there and he left separately. Uh-huh. Yeah. So <laughs> they don't ask her, of course, because uh. they're too stupid. They only remember this, like, you know, w- weeks later listening to the recording. There's so many times in this where the police are like, and I just listened to the recording and I heard, and it's like. You mean the evidence is always there? <laughs> like, it's not like they found new evidence. They just continued listening. Like, well, I mean, the first time she was talking, it was like she was a woman. So I just, whatever, you know, you don't listen right away. Yeah. Uh, she's still talking. <laughs> like, she was just talking about going to the game. It was super boring. So I have a lot of hobbies as a police officer. So I'll listen to some of the recording and then I'll donate the rest of my day to my other stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I come back tomorrow and I listen for another half hour and I get some more notes. Yeah. We're going to solve this case. So they decide to tail her and they decide to find out more about her. So they tail her and they see that she goes to this person's house, this guy's house, and they see that when he she greets him, she gives him a big kiss and they hug and they start like kissing like a couple. And they're like, wait, this is like two days after Bill McLaughlin has died. Who is she kissing? Yeah. Well, it turns out. That's a little weird, isn't it? (laughs) No, man, that's the way of the sea. That's the way of the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's great. That's that's the yeah that's the sea captain cop. Yeah, <laughs> sea captain cop is part. That's the way that things go. The deep, the deep of Newport. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, oh, hold on. I gotta rearrange my mic. So she. At, so the the guy that she was kissing was Eric Naposky or Naposky, Eric Naposky. So Eric Naposky is a former football player, uh, linebacker for the New England Patriots and Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. America's now, teams. Get, what? America's teams. Yeah. That's well, right. I think they're all technically Americans. America's teams. Yeah, but technically. Uh-huh. Dallas well, is the, America's team, but it's a page. It's the Patriots. That's like their whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like Look, I'm not saying that it makes sense. Listener, do you like football? Is this a thing that you know <laughs> about? Let us know. <laughs> and you know what's sad is one of us works for football. Which one? One of us does thing does stuff for it. Cash. You work for football. Ah, oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just another <laughs> football person loving man. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, do I love watching the games where they run. Okay. And then... <laughs> Let's just get back to the story. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Not talk about something we don't know anything about. I was I was saying exactly what I knew about football. Um, so at the time of McLaughlin's murder, Naposky worked as a bouncer at the Thunderbird nightclub in Newport Beach, less than 500 feet from the McLaughlin's home. Naposky, 28, at the time of the murder, was considered fun by Nanette. What? Fun? Yeah. What a weird sentence. Yeah, what? Wait, <laughs> what, what a weird sentence that was. <laughs> Say it one more time exactly like you said it. Do okay, it. <laughs> great. I will. I expect good things to happen. <clears throat> Naposky, 28 at the time do not edit any of this Naposky, 28 at the time of the murder was considered fun by Nanette <laughs> yeah what? I love it it's great oh it's great God. what do you think <laughs> I consider her fun no I think this it's is... the other way around right she considers him fun yeah so uh, this is what Nanette said of her and Naposky's relationship. It's you, Nanette. Oh. We used to work out at the gym. And then we would hang out there. Eric knew about Bill. And Bill knew that Eric was like my friend. 
But Bill didn't know we were having like an affair. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. Pretty solid. Pretty, pretty solid. Uh, so she this. says that now, right? <laughs> no, I've said that always. Like, <laughs> you can't try to gaslight me out of what I said. Okay, I know what I said, and I, I said it. Maria's doing a fantastic job of playing with her hair. She's everybody. doing a great it's, job. It's, yeah, she's, she's really hair. getting into character. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to worry that we're losing Maria. It's my dream role. I'm starting to worry that she's cheating on me with a guy named Eric at a gym. Uh, we met at the oh. gym. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my no. My friend at the gym. He's like kind of like my gym husband. Oh, God. But... <laughs> oh, no. But Bill doesn't know. Oh, and neither does Cash. This pro- there's someone, someone says that. It's my gym so, husband. Oh, for sure. God. Ugh. I'm sure that's a thing. Yeah, totally. It's a ghost. It's got to be a thing. So in the 90s, when they first interviewed Annette, she claimed that her and Bill had an arrangement that she could sleep with anyone she wanted to, but oh, Bill no. was to remain faithful, which uh. I, if I know anything about multimillionaires, they love it when the woman they're dating is cheating on them, but then they have, they can only sleep with them. Can well, I, I mean, can I watch? That's what I was going to say though. Yeah. Like a lot of men in power do like to be cuckolded. Mm-hmm. It could have well, been a thing. True. But it's then true. don't they also like to do the cuckolding? It just no. You know, there's there's a different type of love for everybody. And some people love to share it. <laughs> some people um, like to hit people. You know, it's just, it's what you, it's what you like to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't hey. know. Yeah. <laughs> great, great point. <laughs> great, great point. All right. Say, maybe that's, you know, with consent. <laughs> yeah. Maria, can you also explain football to us? <laughs> it's the same concept, really. Some people right. like to throw the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Some people like to hit people. Bam, I've solved every problem. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> so, Naposky knew of Bill, but he, he was always told that they were business partners, even though he knew that Nanette and Bill lived in the same house together. She she always told Naposky that it was just a business arrangement. <laughs> you know, I feel like I heard that from people come like growing up a lot too. Like when their relationships failed, they're like, "Well, we had like, you know, we had an arrangement, but like she like she wouldn't take advantage of it, or like he wouldn't take advantage of it." It's like, no, no, no. You just kept putting this premise forward in a sleazy way and making them feel bad about it. Yeah. And then it just got swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then he, uh, so, so then anyway, so Bill is murdered and they find out about this Naposky. So they bring Naposky in just to interview because they're interviewing everybody, right? They interview Kevin, they GSR test Kevin. They find out that he's, um, you know, clean. They interview the, the two daughters, Bill, Bill's two daughters. They find out they have alibis, the Kim one daughter was in Tokyo at the time, and the other daughter was in the uh, was in San Diego. And then they interviewed the the ex wife. She she had an alibi. They interviewed the business partner that he's in this really contentious uh, lawsuit with, and he, they were like, he has a clear alibi. He was getting his hair cut in Santa Barbara. <laughs> just, That's very clear. All right. Well, yeah. Barbara's like, yeah, he was super annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember right. him. I remember him. Mm-hmm. I wish he was the one who died. Yeah. 
Make it look tip. like I have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they interview, uh, and they interview Nanette. And even Nanette, you know, they have some suspicious things, but she's even more, she's pleasant. You know, she's she's not giving off any kind of red flags. No, people well, they, love me. She's a doll. <laughs> they interview Naposky, and from get-go, from moment one, he is so freaking annoying and so dismissive. And it's just like the police are like, what the hell does this guy have to hide? Like he, they basically were like, are, so he, he like was dating Nanette and he was telling his family and his friends that this is a girl I want to marry. I want to marry this girl. This is the love of my life. Right. When he gets into, when he gets in with the police, <clears throat> they, they go, oh, do you know Nanette? He goes, no. Not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, really? Because we saw you guys kissing." Oh, what are you stalking me? Are you stalk? Are you stalking me? Are you are you following me? Okay, well, fine. I know Nanette. Like we date, we see each other, we're friends, we see each other sometimes. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And oh so then he goes on. So that he was the Bill was killed with the nine millimeter gun, and they know that uh, Naposky owns a nine millimeter gun. So they ask him. Do you own a nine millimeter gun? He said, "No, I don't own any guns." <laughs> this is Newport Beach, man. Like, yeah. who has guns here? Yeah, what do I look like? Like some kind of guy who likes guns or something like that? I, I don't own no guns. <laughs> Get out of here, cop! Nine millimeters this sounds like a tiny little thing. What are you talking about? This is America. We so measure then, by inches here. <laughs> so then. They go, okay, well, are you sure? Are you sure you don't own any guns? He goes, uh, well, like, I think I bought a gun for my dad. Hold on, like, let me answer the question. Let me answer the question. Like, I think I bought one at some point. <laughs> for my pops. But that's what you do here in Newport Beach. <laughs> Is it, are, you doing, uh, are you doing Michael, uh, oh, what's his name? The actor Michael from uh, Bamboozled and from... <laughs> <laughs> That's my dude. I don't even, oh yeah, Michael Rapport. Yeah, it's a little bit of him, I guess. Yeah. And then, and then they go, okay. Well, are you positive you don't own a th- nine millimeter? And he's like, well, I I did own a nine millimeter for a brief minute, but I gave it to a security friend of mine named Joe David Jimenez for a security <laughs> job, and he lost it. It was stolen. Please tell me they went to talk to Joe David Jimenez. Yes. I honestly thought they were going to say there's no such person as Joe David yeah. Jimenez. <laughs> but it turns out there is. <laughs> we call him JDJ. <laughs> what? It's like an abbreviation song. Does he DJ? <laughs> From time to time. But no, not really. But yes. <laughs> Get out of here, dude. So... So Joe David Jimenez, he he says, uh, yeah, no, I did I did get a a, a gun from from Naposky, but I only got a thirty eight, and it was never stolen. Naposky just said, take it, I don't want it. Like it's you know, I don't need it or anything. So then they go back to um, uh, Naposky and they say, well, you clearly lied to us about. Uh, owning and giving this nine millimeter to your friend JDJ and uh, Eric goes yeah I did lie to you (laughs) and they they were like okay well where's the gun he goes I'm not going to tell you 
And to this day, like he was recently just interviewed the by 2020 and the Matt Gutman, the 2020 person was like, okay, so are you going to finally say like, why did you lie to the police about owning the gun? Like, why didn't you tell the truth? This is what he said. Well, Matt, I just didn't want to like talk about it because you know, if I wasn't at the scene and I wasn't in Newport, then I couldn't have killed the guy even if I had a bazooka. Do I have a bazooka? I'm asking you. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you. Case closed. And then he sashayed out of the room. Yeah. So that's, and honestly, that is like his whole entire case is just like, well, I didn't do it, so why does it matter? They found on a note, they searched his car, right? And they found on a notepad that he has the license plate, Bill's license plate written down. And the attorney for never during the trial, never once states why they had, he goes, never once states why, why he had his license plate written down. And they ask him, why didn't you bring that up? And he goes, well, I, I felt like it didn't matter. There's all, all sorts of reasons why you would have somebody's license plate written down. It's not no. necessarily for murder. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes I just sit there and I'll just write letters and numbers in a weird sequence. And sometimes it's somebody's license plate. Yeah. yeah. Or he uses them as lottery numbers. Yeah. Like yeah. Including the letters. Including the letters. <laughs> what does LFN mean? Uh, that's 11. <laughs> 11. 11. <laughs> so... Is this the guy that during the Dateline episode was like, I was, I was, uh, I was 12 miles away in, in Tustin. Yeah. yeah. Tustin. Tustin. <laughs> he was like, I was in Tustin. Yeah. I forgot. I think it was Tustin, but they made it seem like it was like, there's no way in hell he could have gotten from Tustin to Newport. He could. In like 30 Twelve. minutes or so, like some ridiculous amount of time. And I was like, you could get to Tustin and Newport, have time to shower, shoot somebody, shower again. <laughs> Yeah. and still you know make it back it's a weird one i think they i think it was a close call if i remember correctly i think he was like he was shot at 852 or something or like he, he no he was the one that he's like i would have had to they're saying that like i left Tustin at 852 when i was like i don't know what he said he was doing yeah <laughs> yeah i think he was shopping or something <laughs> and i made it to i made it to newport peach by 9 p.m. and I shot him and then he was discovered at like 9.05 and then by then I was back in Tustin <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's it's ridiculous so by the way for the record it would be hard to do that drive during the day but at night if it's a clear night in Newport Beach you get pretty fast from one place to the other yeah in Orange County yeah, for sure. You could get somewhere in nine minutes easy to a whole nother town. Hmm. For sure. So the case so the case goes cold and they don't have, you know, and they claim that they don't have any evidence, right? And then they get a quote unquote fresh pair of eyes on the evidence, which is just literally, I'm just gonna tell you, police officers listening to the end of the recording. <laughs> like that's all it is. Yeah. It's just like going over the evidence and they find so much more evidence. Like Eric Naposky keeps saying that the only reason why he's, he's even in jail is because he was rude to the police back in the nineties. But that's not the only reason like he, he, they were suspicious of him because he was rude, 
but they didn't they weren't like oh we he's gonna go for away for murder because of it he's not a black guy he can say what he wants to the police <laughs> and, not, and not get arrested so yeah he's michael um, rapaport yeah yeah he is so, so anyway so uh so in 2008, they bring, quote-unquote, fresh eyes, right? And they have this one detective is listening to this recording of, it, of uh, police tips. And she, he, she, he listens to this woman who says that she's the neighbor of Eric Naposky and that she wants to leave a tip because she thinks that Eric did it. Because he was telling her that he was dating this girl named Nanette and she, she would actually see Nanette at the pool in their apartment building. And she was saying that Eric told her that Nanette was living with Bill as a business arrangement, but that Bill was sort of using his power over her to force her to have sex with him. So he was like sexually assaulting her. Oh, that's ridiculous. I can't believe you believe that about her. And that he was planning on killing Bill by blowing up his plane. So then the day that when he was murdered, short, the couple days shortly after he was murdered, Eric sees Suzanne and he goes, oh, did you see that uh, Nanette's business partner or friend, Bill, died? And Suzanne says, well, I don't want to know if you had anything to do with it. And then Naposky says. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe I didn't, but maybe I did. <laughs> but maybe I didn't. <laughs> But maybe I did. Oh my god, he can't wait to tell her. Ooh. He must also be trying to sleep with the neighbor. Yeah, he's oh for sure. Trying to impress the neighbor. Yeah, he's like, you like dangerous guys? <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne! Suzanne, guess what you did today? G- oh, guess what I didn't do? Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another, another recording they found was a woman uh, who wasn't named, but her boyfriend, Robert Cortro was a entrepreneur and he was looking for investments into his company Uh, and him and his girlfriend were talking to Eric and Annette and they were saying that they were going to come into a big sum of money around December 21st and they would be really interested in investing in his company. Hmm. Well, Oh my God. Bill died on the 15th. Uh huh. Yeah. Was that like a oh. Saturday and they had to wait six business days for yes. the insurance to go through? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, shortly after, uh, you know, shortly after the murder, um, the daughters are going through the finances of Bill McLaughlin and they find that a large sum of money has been taken out of his accounts. So they go back and they see that Nanette has been forging checks and forging his signature on things. And she claims that it's to pay like bills and stuff. But she was like giving money to Naposky and giving, you know, spending money. And they said that you can see as the relationship with Eric Naposky and Nanette gets more serious, the amount of money that she steals from Bill is more and more and more. Hmm. And Naposky even says that when they were going through their relationship, now, I don't know if this is true or not. Maybe he did believe this, but he claims that Nanette kept saying that the money that she was spending was all hers, that she was making deals with Bill to make money. What? And that, yeah, and that she was making her own money and doing her own things. With what? And with, that, with like 
Her makeup line? Yeah. Her scarf <laughs> line? This sounds like a housewife situation. Yeah. It's like, basically. yeah, it's with my hair extension line. <laughs> yeah, it's really getting off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets arrested in 1996 and charged with uh, forgery and fraud. And she gets sentenced to 180 days in prison. But she's released after that, and she's not charged for his murder. And eventually, her and Naposky break up pretty much shortly after the murder of Bill. They break up. He claims in, the, <laughs> in an interview that he broke up with her because he believes that she killed him. She he, killed Bill. I broke up with him. I broke up with you. <laughs> Don't fucking laugh at me. I broke up with you. Drunk. Irregardless. I left you, okay? And you did everything wrong. She's a liar. Also, you have weak calves. How dare you talk about my fucking calves? (laughs) People would kill for calves like these. I feel like I want to be Jerry Stiller. All right, all right. So how do you feel about her saying that thing about your calves? Eric? Jerry Stiller? Did I say Jerry Stiller? You yeah, certainly you did. did. <laughs> I was like, name? that's a horrible Jerry Stiller. Jerry Springer? Jerry Springer. <laughs> Jerry Springer. <laughs> what do you think she's going to say about your calves? I love it a basement. That's my Jerry Stiller. Give me a thing about your calves. Give me a thing about all right well that's that's is that it is that what happened no so okay okay so other evidence that they have is that ace heart the the, there was a key left in the door uh the night of the murder and there was uh and it was they could tell that it was freshly cut i guess and they went to this ace hardware that was not too far away from the house and they gave, showed pictures of Nanette and Naposky. And the one of the guys who works there says, oh, yeah, I recognize Naposky. I just cut a bunch of keys for him a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah, that idiot. Mm. <laughs> okay. He was telling me about how him and his girlfriend were going to kill some guy. No, I, I didn't say that. But I he wish had, they would have. That would have been funny. He had like 10 but keys so, that said, do not duplicate. Yeah, dupe, dupe, yeah. dupe them. <laughs> that's exactly right it says don't it did, did do not duplicate and he still he still did it yeah. <laughs> um but so it's all this evidence that they had they just never acted on it so in 1998 uh nanette uh johnston now right she she didn't ever officially marry uh bill she becomes Nanette Johnston Packard when she marries John Packard on Valentine's Day in 1998, and they have a daughter. Mm -hmm. Then they legally separate in 2003 because she has an affair with a young man that she meets at a gym. Damn, girl. Stop being such a nasty gym rat. She loves it. She loves it. In 2006, Nanette becomes Nanette Johnston Packard McNeil when she marries William McNeil and they have a son. Okay. So. Also Jim? Uh, no, no Jim. Just, uh, that doesn't say where they met, 
but he's McNeil is so it seems like what happens is that she has she meets these rich men she gets engaged or married to them but then she has affairs with like dumb guys from gyms the I bet she met this other one at the club or something yeah like, probably the gym is the daytime nightclub that's all Basically. it is now at least yeah. in big cities like Newport Beach Oh, for sure. Yeah. Especially like in like the the ritzy areas. You yeah. know, you don't go to the gym to work out. You go to the gym to be seen. Nice. So. <laughs> in 2009, Nanette and Naposky were arrested. And it was like this big sting operation, basically, where they like... Um, Naposky had... Well, since... So let me backtrack. Naposky had since the... Uh, original investigation he had since gone back and tried his hand at international football and he had gone to italy to play football and then he came back and he like did a pilot but it was really confusing because they kept saying it was a reality show but that he was playing a character who doesn't play by the rules so and it was like they wrote lines for him but it was a reality show and i was like i don't know what that means that's most reality shows yeah they write lines oh, okay. for them. I right, to oh. burst your bubble. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> but so anyway, so he, that fails. It doesn't get picked up. And then he moves to Connecticut and he meets a woman and they get engaged and they have two kids. So then he's like leaving his house and all of a sudden these like SWAT team forms and they force him on the ground and they basically drag him to a police station and charge him with murder. And then they arrest Nanette. And Nanette is, you know, living with her kid and her new husband and she gets arrested. So, um, they try Naposky first. They try his, his case first. And basically the way that they break it down is they say that the prosecutors say that the murder was committed as part of a plot to collect McLaughlin's $1 million life insurance policy. It's not even that much, especially for Newport. Yes, but that also, um, that he, she also would get $150,000 from his will and access to his beach house. And so all that, and on top of that, she didn't want him to find out that he was, she was stealing from him because remember it was the daughter who found out it wasn't Bill. So Bill hadn't looked at the accounts yet. Hmm. So they think that maybe she wanted to keep her, you know, fiance from finding out that she had, um, she had stolen from him. She's an idiot. These are all small potatoes for somebody in her position. Exactly. Well, that's thousand is what she would get as like an allowance if she had played her cards right. Exactly. I think she just got, she just saw stars and she just got too grainy. Yeah. And she, you know, so The prosecution played a tape recording of her interview with detectives on January 19th, 1995, a month after the murder. She sounds pretty convincing. Oh, wait, let me hold on one second. Oh, okay. So detectives played a tape of her interview with, uh, with them on January 19th, 1995. She sounds pretty convincing, except for one thing. She lied about the knowledge of having of Eric Naposky having guns, which she later in other interviews claims that she did know that he owned guns. So 
they're oh they're lying about guns for some reason. I don't know why they insist on lying about guns. So they seem to have mostly circumstantial evidence. Yeah, they don't have a lot of strong evidence. But the thing is, is like I think when you stack it all up, it does seem like it's pretty. You know, it's it seems like they you know it could be that they did do it. I don't know. I I think that I think that this could be like they're both patsies for a bigger corporate conspiracy. I mean, he was a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. Those men make yeah. a lot of enemies. Yeah. So Naposky went to trial first and was found guilty of first degree murder in 2011. Oh. He was sentenced to <laughs> life without the possibility of parole. What? That's what you get. Yeah. For real? Yeah. Yeah. Afterwards. Y'all ain't for real. <laughs> afterwards, he met with prosecutors and said and told them that Nanette had orchestrated a murder for hire plot against McLaughlin. He's totally lying. And what's crazy is so he gets he goes to the he he gets the prosecution. He says, you guys got to protect my family. You got to protect my my friends. You got to protect me because what I'm about to tell you is going to get me killed. Yeah, it's going to get me fucking murdered. Got to protect, protect my dog. <laughs> Please. No, no dogs. No, come on, dude. <laughs> so, so he. Um, what does he say? What do you have to say? All right. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. Hold on. Give me a soda. Can I have a soda? <laughs> I want an orange slice. We don't have those. We have Sprite. You gotta get slices, man. <laughs> Sprite. Me yeah, RC Cola. So I don't have a quote for this, so I'm just gonna say this part. Okay. But he claims that. Uh, but then you can read the part that I just texted you. So he claims that. Um, he was in the room with Nanette when they talked to a hitman about killing Bill. But then he says, apparently Nanette went behind my back and made arrangements with Nanette. What? With, oh, with the killer. Sorry. <laughs> apparently to change it. Listen, apparently Nanette went behind my back and made arrangements with the killer. So the two of them planned this. <laughs> like Shaggy says, wasn't me. Did you really say that? Did you say that? No. <laughs> you said it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but we found your ace hardware. I didn't do that. She <laughs> <laughs> fucked it up. But we got the girlfriend's tip. That must have been someone else. <laughs> <laughs> but you said you did it. Nope. <laughs> and you lied about the gun. Oh, I did? For real? Y'all ain't for real. This guy's a doof. Uh, so, yeah. So he, so he basically claims to co-conspirating a murder, which I think is hilarious. Like he, he basically is saying, "I, I was there. I, I was, I was involved." <laughs> oh, and then he also at one point said they were like, "Well, what about the gun?" He goes, "Oh, it's probably stolen." <laughs> the nine millimeter. He's like, "It's just stolen." Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Somebody probably stole it. I have a lot of parties. So, stupid. Things get wild, you know? so <laughs> Nanette was found guilty in January 2012 of first degree murder and guilty of special circumstances of committing murder for financial gain. She was sentenced to life without parole. 
Naposki is serving time at Avenal State Prison in Avenal, California. What is that? He, ha- he claims he hasn't spoken to Nanette since everything uh, happened. And Nanette is serving her sentence at the Central California Women's Facility training, serv- training service dogs through a program called Little Angels. Oh, that's the one that's featured on, like, the Fluff News once yeah. in a while. Huh. Yeah. Where they get yeah. to, like, the inmates get to train little puppies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> so, I thought this was interesting. So, William McNeil... Uh, Nanette's third husband, when she was arrested, he supported her and initially believed her evidence. But then he learned why she was a suspect and uncovered the sordid web of lies she told him through the years. So essentially she stopped visiting, he stopped visiting her in jail and, and stopped allowing their son to visit in jail and in 2010 filed for divorce. So they're not lies. They're just, Wishes I made upon a star. <laughs> and the star was a hitman. <laughs> <laughs> but if, you know, I'm like Tinkerbell, so you guys just like clap for me and I'll be okay. I'm, t- I'm like Tinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's it. That's the story of Nanette, Manikshaw, Johnston, Packard, McNeil. The third. XL. XL, XL. ACS. <laughs> ACS? Yeah. ASC, I mean. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends about it. If you hate this podcast, please tell your friends about it. Uh, please tell your enemies about it. Don't be ugly so, about it. Like, yeah. Don't be ugly. Okay. It's pure love. It's Newport Beach. Like the sun, the surf. It's all here, and, like, everything's beautiful, right? <laughs> Check out the Patreon. Um, if you like this show, consider donating to us, even at just the $2 level. Everything helps. Thank you guys, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Stay safe out there, huh? Mm-hmm.